If you are only going to see one band a year in concert, as far as I'm concerned, it has to be the Tedeschi Trucks Band. Derek Trucks' expressive slide guitar work and band leadership is the best. Susan Tedeschi's voice draws you into each song and will generate a big smile. (laughs) Their music touches on rock, blues, jazz, gospel, roots, and more. The group is made up of 12 musicians, each of which is an awesome artist unto themselves, To me, they are a reminder back to the Mad Dog and Englishman band tours with Joe Cocker. In fact, back in 2015, the Tedeschi Trucks Band had a tribute concert to the Mad Dog and Englishman Band, with help from some of the original crew, Leon Russell, Dave Mason, Rita Coolidge, Chris Stanton, and others. Up through 2009, the married couple of Susan and Derek toured the world independent of each other. That had to be a personal challenge. Oof. In 2010, they made the decision to pool their resources and consolidate their two bands into one, the Tedeschi Trucks Band. They hit the road and in June 2011 released their first album, Revelator. It won the Grammy Award for Best Blues Album in 2012. Keep in mind that adding to the band's traveling challenges is Derek's side project demands that over the years has included playing with the Allman Brothers Band and Eric Clapton. Can you imagine being the behind-the-scenes band manager coordinating all the details for such a busy, high-profile group of touring and recording artists? Well, that is what our guest, Blake Budney, does. He started work with Derek Trucks 21 years ago and quickly moved into the position of band manager for Derek and now handles those responsibilities for the Tedeschi Trucks Band. As you can imagine, there is a significant number of moving parts in the group. I'm pumped because in our talk today, we're going to explore the band manager's world of multi-layered tasks and responsibilities. So let's get started and see what everybody's talking about. This is the Dogger and Muddy Music Show. Listen up. It's all about the music. Let's check in on the artists, songs, and people behind the scenes. Are you listening? Today's guest on the Dogger and Muddy Music Show is Blake Budney. He's the band manager for the Tedeschi Trucks Band, one of the premier concert bands out on the road today. Their significant travel demands take them all over the U.S. and Europe. Blake has been working with Derek and Susan to help build their visibility and following for quite a while now. I've been looking forward to this interview. I've always wanted to get a better understanding of the world of band management. Blake? Can you get us started? Can you uh, take us through your interest in music and how you got involved in the whole music scene and band management? Well, it was really in college. Uh, I had always been a big music fan uh, growing up. Um, and in college, I got more and more involved in the live music scene, was fortunate to have a local music club called Ziggy's in Winston-Salem. Uh, I went to Wake Forest University, so uh, Winston uh, was my home at that time. And there's a club called Ziggy's that uh, had great promotion. They brought in, you know, in my opinion, some of the best bands at that time playing in the area. And uh, increasingly, that became my home. And uh, I remember going to a Colonel Bruce Hampton and the Crim Rescue Unit show uh, my freshman year and uh, just being blown away and thinking, you know, if I could find any way to uh, work in live music, uh, that would be my goal. 
Was there a degree at Wake Forest that you shifted to to take advantage of that uh, your goal there? There really wasn't. Um, you know, Wake Forest uh, didn't have a specific uh, major that uh, would align with music management. Um, I imagine economics uh because it was of interest and i figured uh, you know a degree leaning business uh could probably help me in whatever i ended up doing um but really i was kind of you know doing my standard college uh, curriculum while uh trying to do as much as i could in the music business which for me was helping out the music club when i could booking uh local acts on campus um I had a really great opportunity the uh, summer after my junior year in college uh, where I interned for Jazz at Lincoln Center in New York, um, where Wynton Marsalis was the director, artistic director, and still is. And uh, that was uh, a great opportunity. And uh, the director at that time, a guy named Rob Gibson, uh, was a a great influence on me because he was just a, a smart focused guy that, you know, working in any roots music, uh, area of the business, such as jazz, you have to find ways to make it work. It's not as easy as pop because there's not as much money in it. And, uh, you know, seeing the way that he navigated those waters and was able to, uh, bring it to the public as well as Wenton, it was, uh, it was eye opening and, um, kind of gave me further hope that there was a way to be involved in the business and not get, uh, sucked into just, um, the more pop side of things. So how did you, uh, work your way into the introduction to Derek trucks and, uh, and, and build upon that to build a relationship going forward? I moved to Atlanta right after college and, um, just did odd jobs while I was, uh, doing, uh, some different internships. Uh, one of which was with a management slash booking company, um, or agency that, uh, managed and booked Derek at the time. And so as I've been there for a while, uh, Derek was in need of a, uh, a tour manager, um, and they offered the job to me and I took it immediately. Um, at that time it was really a glorified van driver and anything and everything. I mean, it was just myself and the band. So we were in a 15 passenger van with a trailer and I did everything from drive a lot of miles to, uh, sell merchandise, you know, move, uh, gear, uh, anything and everything. Uh, so for two years, basically, uh, I just traveled the country <laughs> with with the band in a van. Uh, at that time, I think we were doing 200 shows a year, and um, and it was uh, probably the best possible way to get an introduction to the business because it is certainly you know you're you're learning it from the inside, and uh, you do get an appreciation for how hard it is, and especially how hard, hard it is at in the early stages at the club level. Um, because you know, no, no one's, uh, giving you any handouts, you know, you're, you're doing everything yourself and, uh, and trying to, uh, you know, trying to get, make small incremental advances, which, uh, which can prove very difficult. So you're working hard, you're, you're driving the truck, you're driving the car, the van and et cetera, you're unloading everything. How, how do you, 
you must have had a great chemistry with Derek to just kind of kick that off, and you must start brainstorming on where you wanted to go from there. How did that play out? Well, you know, I mean, I was incredibly fortunate in that uh, that I was uh, working with Derek because it's uh, immediately apparent to anyone who knows him whether uh, they met him when he was 16, as I did, or now, that he's uh, an incredibly focused, um, intelligent, and, uh, you know, incredibly talented person. And... Uh, so we hit it off uh, immediately. He's, uh, I mean, at 16, he, he was an old soul already, um, very uh, mature and knew what he wanted to do musically, um, had the attitude of the lifelong continuing, uh, you know, never ending search for, you know, finding that next sound and trying to always better yourself as a musician. And whereas, uh, you know, musicians of any age can, uh, you know, can get off track or, uh, get an attitude that they've kind of gotten to a place that they feel like they're comfortable. Uh, Derek had a lot of influences, uh, like John Coltrane, uh, you know, who believed that it was a never ending search. And, uh, so, he really just, you know, he, it was immediate to me that he was someone special, both as a person and as a musician. Um, and it wasn't until later I read, I read a, uh, a book by Danny Goldberg called bumping into geniuses. And, you know, one of his philosophies was that to get the music business or to do well in it, you just had to kind of knock around until you happen to bump into a genius and then, and then, you know, grab onto them and find some way to, uh, to, you know, be involved with them. And, uh, I was fortunate to bump into a genius early and to also recognize it. And that, and that's the thing too, is that, you know, at that, at that time, uh, it was apparent to me, obvious to me that Derek was just on a completely different level. Um, but not everyone heard it that way. And it was obvious to me and not to others, but that's really why I stuck it out in the early days when my dad was wondering why I had a uh, a great college education and was driving a van. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. You brought up an interesting point men- mentioning that he's an old soul and then following up with that, mentioning that when you start working with him, he's 16 years of age. I mean, like you mentioned, those club dates can be tough. I mean, that's pretty amazing for him to work through uh, the gritty world of, 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 you know, stopping in a different city and tough little places where you may be performing for 10 people to 100 people. Exactly. And staying in terrible hotels and, you know, just constantly driving uh, long distances because when you're in the early stages, you cannot pick your own routing. So uh, the distance between cities is uh, often a lot longer than it should be. A lot of zigzagging back and forth. And uh, but he's he he's been a road dog all of his life. I mean, he was touring before I started working with him at 16. And, uh, you know, I give a ton of credit to his parents uh, that really instilled in him uh, a work ethic. And on some level, he's never known anything different. He's just, uh, you know, been a road dog for life and still is to this day. Yeah, and like you said, he's so mature, and he's just a calm soul. So I would assume every once in a while you've had some tense situations where somebody gets in your face. But with his experience, with his parent, uh, with his parents being so strong, he was able to work through that, I guess, pretty calmly. 
Yeah, he really was. I mean, Derek's, uh, he's just always been a very level headed person, um, which has really served him very well as a band leader, um, that he has, uh, increasingly become excellent, uh, at, I mean, he, he was a good band leader early, but he was young. And, you know, when he first started out before I was working with him, you know, he was more of a novelty in someone else's band because it was just unbelievable how well he could play at, you know, nine or 10 years old. Um, right. by the time I started working with him was when that shift started to happen, uh, you know, for him to be a band leader and start stepping up. But his, you know, his calm demeanor and, uh, you know, intelligence and interpersonal skills just, uh, you know, continue to help him, uh, work as a band leader. And it's, uh, I've watched it evolve and increase and to keep a band together, um, you, there's a lot to it. There's, there's a lot of, you know, it really takes quite a bit of work as a band leader, um, keep a band together and, uh, and also to get, you know, your musical vision across as a collective. Um, and he, he's been always very serious about keeping a band together. You know, there's a lot of what you called solo artists where, you know, they'll have a, a band for a tour or maybe a year or two and, you know, and then they don't want to put forth the money, effort, time to keep the same band together. Um, and he's always been serious about that. And that takes, you have to basically work all year to keep everyone working enough to maintain them. And, uh, at the same time, keep them happy. And, uh, those two things together, uh, are really difficult. And so, uh, especially in the early days where you're not able to pay people that well, um, just because the revenue isn't there. Um, but you know, at any level it's, it's hard to keep a band and crew together. And he's, uh, been able to do that, you know, really because of his, uh, focus and demeanor. And, and I think it's you've touched upon it, but I want to emphasize that the the quality of the level of the talent in uh, in the TTB band is just phenomenal. So, as you mentioned, keeping those people happy and um, help, helping them and still touching their musical boundaries and pushing themselves uh, that's a that's a real trick. It is, but, you know, especially because again, I mean, he you know he and Susan. Uh, you know, decide to hire uh, the best musicians they could find um, that also, you know, uh, fit their musical vision and and uh, personality traits. Um, but it's expensive having a 12-piece band, no matter who it is. But if you have A-list players, um, it's uh, it's a huge investment. And when we started out, a big gamble, really, um, which we, you know, collectively decided to take on. Um, and of course, you know, I, I was laying out the, the economic realities of this, uh, to, uh, Derek and Susan, and, uh, they were, you know, uh, willing to take it on and roll the dice. And, uh, fortunately it's worked out and that, that, that level of musicianship has ultimately translated and, fans realize that it's something special and that it's not just, uh, you know, two, two stars and, you know, uh, a backup band of, of mediocre players. Right. Well, and, and as you mentioned, the 12 people on stage, but there's other people behind the scenes. I, how many people are in the total, uh, Tedeschi trucks band family? So we've got, including the 12 musicians or in addition to the 12 musicians on stage, we've got 12 crew on the road, 
Um, that's for the, the main part of the year. Um, in the summer, we do a larger tour and we add an additional five people because we bring uh, a much larger PA, a second semi for you know all of our equipment, and it's just a much more larger operation. But for the majority, it's 24 on the road, and then I've got three people that work with me. Uh, we've got uh, Derek's brother, David Trucks, uh, manages uh, their home studio. Uh, Derek's mother um, uh, watches the kids when they can't come on the road with them. Uh, um, and then we have, uh, you know, a bunch of other people that work with us, but probably most notably our, our booking agent, Wayne Forte, who, uh, has, uh, as much to do with, uh, Derek and Susan's success, Derek's early success. And now Derek and Susan's as anybody, um, and, uh, you know, has really been a, a team effort. So you're going. Uh, Derek's going through the grind. Susan's going through the grind earlier in the, early in their career, or ma- making a name for themselves. What are the key steps in, in taking it? I'm, I'm sure you're climbing like a, st- a set of stairs every every year or so. You want to move up another level or two or three. What are the key steps and key actions to to make that happen? You know, the thing for for Derek in the early days, and it's really been similar uh, now with Tedeschi Trucks Band, is uh, a very slow and steady pace, which you've got to have patience um, to make it through um, because uh, it's, you know, the early days are, are rough, as we talked about. Um, but every year we made progress. We actually... In the 21 years I've been with Derek, we've never had a year where we didn't sell more tickets or bring in more revenue than the year before, which really for any small business is uh, is pretty amazing. Um, but we've kind of done it the grassroots, old school way, which is just getting out there and playing in front of fans, and you know, obviously taking advantage of you know any opportunities that we get along the way. Um, Derek was always uh, willing to do a ton of interviews, still is, which, you know, can be a grind. Um, But uh, he understands, as does Susan, uh, what it takes. You know, those uh, seemingly little things add up. And, um, you know, there was tons of shows in the early days where, you know, you could consider any single show a throwaway show. But if you do a bunch of them, you never know who's going to be at each show. You're reaching some fans every time, and you're just you know trying to play in front of as many people as possible, uh, which really you know it just takes the the true road grind. Um, and you know there were some pops along the way. Um, I mean, we uh, Derek Trucks Band had made it uh, to to a sizable level before Derek uh, joined the Allen Brothers Band, but you know that had a nice little uh, pop to it when he did that, but we still maintained a full Derek Trucks band schedule. And then Derek uh, later played in, uh, Clapton's band for a full year. And we maintained a, the Clapton schedule, the Allen Brothers schedule and Derek Trucks band schedule. Um, and so really it's been just touring as much as possible, taking advantage of, uh, opportunities, but also really not, uh, compromising, Derek's been pretty amazing at 
you know, we, we've had many opportunities along the way that we passed on just because it didn't feel right. And I feel like a lot of people would have taken those early, uh, you know, easier jumps. Um, and, you know, he's cho- he's had the patience not to. And you must get some real, I mean, I don't know when you get to turn off the the clock and go to bed. You're talking about those years there where he was in the Allman Brothers band, plus he's doing his touring, plus he's with Eric Clapton. And you've got to be the detail guy behind the scenes, crossing the T's and dotting all the I's. Yeah, there's a lot of logistics involved. It's uh, it's a lot of schedules, and you know, in the the early days, and 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 now still, there's a lot of you know figuring out family schedules, and you know, I'm meeting with Derek and Susan, and we're you know including our calendar, you know, baseball games from the kids, and uh, when does school start, and and all that. Um, the you know advantage as we have grown. Uh, is that you know we're able to have uh, more people working uh, with us. Um, we've got a really fantastic crew from our tour manager, production manager, sound engineer. Every, really, everyone on our crew is fantastic, and so the logistics start to get delegated out once you have people that you can trust to uh, to handle them properly, um, because it gets too big for any one person to uh, handle everything. But it is a it is a lot of logistics to keep this enormous circus on the road. Absolutely. Now let's step back a little bit to 2010, and you're you're doing the exciting. Make you've made the exciting decision of of pulling together Derek and Susan's different tours into one. Which uh, one that's exciting? They're coming together, and for, for number one, they get to see each other a little bit more often, which is a pretty good since they're a married couple. But it also comes up, you've got some tough decisions now because they were two pretty good-sized bands, so some people didn't make it. Take, take me through that challenge, not just the, well, the whole challenge of pulling, to, pulling together the two bands and starting over. Well, it, you know, it was a tough one uh, on many levels. It was a tough decision to make um, because they had both invested a lot of their time and energy into their uh, solo bands, uh, but they both felt it was the right time to do it and that they wanted to do it. And, uh, you know, they, they tried to, uh, make the best decisions about the, the musicians that would be involved, um, that they could based on really, you know, musical decisions and, and, you know, what they envision with the band. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was tough when they had to part ways with some of their, uh, band members uh, that had been with them for a long time, but, you know, there's one thing that uh, that's been consistent with both Derek and Susan, which is they're very good people and forthright. And um, you know, for example, I was more involved with the Derek Trucks band at that time before we formed this, and I started managing Susan as well. But uh, you know, we we talked to everyone in Derek's band early on, and made sure that there was plenty of notice and made sure everyone was taken care of. And, you know, there wasn't, uh, they weren't left out in the cold, uh, with all of a sudden just, uh, yeah, you know, this is happening now you're out on your own. So, uh, you know, it, it, it just basically took, uh, trying to treat people right, make, make decisions based on music and, um, and then, you know, on top of that, it was, okay, let's try and put a band together where you have two, strong band leaders, incredible talents, 
who've always been in charge of their own projects and, uh, you know, start to work together a rhythm where uh, they can co-lead a band, which as husband and wife on top of that, um, which, uh, you know, was uh, was certainly a concern of mine going into it. And they've navigated it amazingly well. Um, it's, uh, you know, like it, like anything, it's taken some time, but uh, they've really found their found their roles and I think uh, both kind of enjoyed how they've split their roles. The, uh, there were a couple of years ago, I noticed that there were a couple changes and I think in one of the articles I read that there was a, a chemistry issue. Uh, that's part of the challenge. I mean, when you're 12 people, you're on the road, uh, especially early on, very, very close quarters, but maybe not quite as close quarters now. But, but still, chemistry is really key. Can you, can you talk to that a little bit about, you know, a, a, well, in your case, you've got 24 people on the road. How, how does that all work? I mean, chemistry is everything. It's uh, really, uh, you know, both chemistry on stage and chemistry off stage, and those two often go hand in hand. Um, and, you know, if you have a six-person band with a three-person crew, you're still potentially going to run into issues with personality conflicts or chemistry issues. And the larger the band, the larger the organization, uh, the more chances for uh, for problems and we've been really fortunate. Um, you know, we've had to make some changes along the way and, um, you know, we, we try and find people that, that share the vision, the musical vision, and also just kind of share the, the personality traits of people that you would want to live with, um, because they really do. <laughs> they, they live with each other, like, you know, more, more closely than any family. I mean, even, so you think about the early days in the van, you know, you're, you know, you got five or six people sharing two hotel rooms, um, which is tight quarters, but you know, now we're in a couple of buses and we still, you know, there's 12 people on a bus, which seems, uh, like, you know, a great way to travel and it is in some ways, but you're still, you have, you know, uh, you know, 12 people in, you know, 500 square feet and you, you know, all eat together and you're staying at the same hotels. And so it's a lot of together time. And, uh, we've been fortunate that we've found people that it meshes. And amazingly right now, I mean, it's, uh, you know, a group of 24 people that would all enjoy eating dinner together and occasionally do as a group. Um, and a lot of that really does it reflects on the band leaders, you know, Derek and Susan, uh, they're not rock stars. They don't have huge egos. Uh, it's hard for anyone else to, when the band leaders don't. Um, and, so it's kind of a top-down uh, mentality where if if they're humble and good people, they both attract people like that, and people feel like they have to kind of uh, you know maintain that that same vibe. How many days a year are, is the band on the road now? Early on, you mentioned two hundred nights a, a week they'd perform. How, how many? How many during this time frame? So now we're we're doing like last year we did a hundred shows, which equals out to about two hundred days on the road. When you factor in uh, flying in and out of tours, overseas stuff, and then we've you know we've got to have a certain amount of days a week, uh, days of the week off on the road, uh, you know, for Susan's voice and for travel. Um, so, you know, in the early days it was 200 shows a year. We could, we could squeeze more in, 
in a week, we would do, you know, five nights out of seven. Um, whereas now we probably do four out of seven. Um, but yeah, it's about uh, anywhere between 90 and a hundred shows a year and, you know, 180 to 200 days on the road. Wow. Let's spin over to talk about their musical approach because to a certain extent, uh, they're primarily probably categorized. I'm, I'm going to put them probably in the blues arena, but they, they work well beyond that. Uh, some people put them in rock blues. Uh, they definitely touch on R&B. They, they were nominated for an award for Americana music a, a couple of years ago. I would say they're definitely jazz and they sure as heck touch on gospel. So take me through kind of their approach to music. Well, I mean, it's certainly genre defying. Um, and, you know, anytime you try and uh, categorize them by genre, it, uh, it ends up mitigating, you know, what's uh, great about them because they, they draw from all their influences and uh, they've got a lot. And, I mean, in my early days on the road in the van with Derek, it was when he was just, I mean, he still is this way, uh, but just ravenously consuming music. I mean, just, you know, books and books of CDs, listening through, you know, everything from, you know, really out there jazz, Sun Ra to R&B, Indian classical, classical, blues, I mean, you name it. And so all those influences come out. And when Derek and Susan met, that that was a big part of why they connected, because they they started looking at each other's CD collections and uh, were uh, amazed that they had uh, found someone with uh, an equally diverse and uh, and yet really pure collection of music. Um, so it all comes out in the you know in the music, and it's you know I I would best define it as roots music. Uh, you know, in that, you know, it's, it's just, it's, you know, it's not pop music, but it's, uh, it's drawing from, from blues, R&B, jazz. Um, and, you know, ultimately Derek has always said, you know, it's, it doesn't matter the genre, it's about the intention of the music. Um, and you can hear it, you know, uh, you know, it when you hear it and if someone is, you know, playing, you know, deep music from, you know, Pakistan or really deep music from the Delta or, uh, you know, singing their guts out from Detroit and the R&B scene. It, it, it all, there's a thread that runs through it all. And one of the beautiful things that you mentioned, uh, all the music that inspires them, but they also pull those people in. Uh, they had Sharon Jones open for them for a while, B.B. King, Leon Russell. Unfortunately, all, all, all three of these people have passed in the last two, three years. But they, they, they one of the things that uh, Susan and Derek do is they pull in the, these wonderful artists that have touched them. And they've been fortunate to do so. I mean, they'll be the first people to tell you uh how fortunate they've been to uh meet and play with so many of their musical heroes and uh you know they try and uh you know take some of what uh, the spirit of what those people do and put it in their music they also try and educate uh their fan base on who these people are and why they should know them um and you know just carry on that tradition because that's uh you know that's the way uh you know most of the great music has evolved is just you know people listening to the people before them pulling bits and pieces here mixing it with this and that and uh and then hopefully doing something original 
and making a sound of their own that's that's unique and not just a a straight derivative of uh influences but you know kind of pulling in those influences and making an original sound yeah and carrying forward the history of this music is great uh 10, 12 years ago, when I went to the Crossroads Festival here in Dallas, the first one, I mean, here you have on stage B.B. Uh, King, Buddy Guy, Eric Clapton, uh, you know, and now here, and then Doyle Brommel and Derek were right in the middle of that with Eric and with uh, the Allman Brothers and et cetera. I mean, it's important to carry that, that music forward and, and to keep touching it and tuning it and tweaking it. Absolutely, because there's, you know, I mean, it's it's there's a lot of people who don't know about uh, some of the the you know the original players. I mean, even you know people like BB and Buddy Guy and and people like that who have who have gotten some notoriety. There's uh, you know a host of other musicians that uh, that people have never heard of that had uh, as great an impact at least among musicians in the development of, of the art form. And, uh, Derek is an incredible music historian. I haven't met many people of any age that, uh, know as much about the context of music, uh, have read as much and retained as much and can kind of put it together as far as how different things developed in each genre. Um, and, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like that's, that's one of the things that's, that's special about both Derek and Susan that, you know, they, we, we need people of their generation that have that knowledge and are, and have a platform to pass it along and, you know, let people know if you, if you love this song that we covered, you should go back and listen to the original, you know, and, and then, you know, maybe even listen to the one before that, you know, if it wasn't the original, the one that they got it from came from another one and, you know, follow the same path that they did of, uh, you know, musical discovery going back to, you know, the Delta or all the way back to Africa or where, you know, wherever it came from. Right. Right. One, one of the challenges with kind of crossing multiple genres in your music is sometimes some people don't put you in a specific category. So I personally felt that you got stiff last year in the Grammy nominations because I felt that the Let, Let Me Get By album was just phenomenal. I thought it was a great recording. Hopefully that won't happen this year with, with the live performance uh, out of Oakland. That I would assume that is selling very, very well. It was a great uh, uh, DVD as well as CD and vinyl set. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a challenge when when you can't uh, you can't easily fit into a category. The Grammys is certainly a uh, example of that, uh, where um, you know what the band is doing doesn't easily fit into any of the categories. Um, so while that may be a challenge sometimes for winning a Grammy or, you know, getting, uh, you know, charted in certain, uh, radio demographics. Um, ultimately you, you just have to take what, what an artist is trying to do or is doing and do your best to, you know, get it into the areas where people might pick it up and appreciate it. But it's, it's, it's always going to be an issue. I mean, we had, issue early on where you know back when cd uh stores were were a uh, a staple where you know there was a blues section that was tiny and had very little traffic and then there was a rock section 
that had a lot of people just kind of, you know, roaming through it. And, uh, in Derek trucks band days, you could put them either place, but a lot of times it was in the blues section and just the traffic alone, the foot traffic of just people, you know, digging through CDs was so much less in the blues category. So, you know, it's, uh, there's challenges, but you know, you, you take what's special about an artist and try and do what you can with it. And what's special about them is that they do encompass so many genres. Right. Well, let's let's step forward into talking about the musical landscape. Uh, I don't know if we never, never want to get into the specific financial breakdown, but I mean, you've got touring, you've got merchandise, you've got uh, LP sales, which very, and then you've got digital downloads. So it's changed a heck of a lot over the last fifteen years. Can you kind of give me your your perspective on uh, the landscape today? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, as everyone knows, it's the the, the recording business has gone through multiple uh, changes. I mean, you know, starting with Napster to now where we are now with uh, with you know paid streaming serv- services and uh, you know the lack of uh, the decline of physical uh, CD sales, and um, we are very fortunate in the fact that uh, Derek Trucks Band and now Tedeschi Trucks Band are built on touring. And, uh, you know, I believe, uh, and hope that the, uh, you know, the need for communal experience of music will never go away. There's, you know, there's nothing like being in a crowd, feeling that buzz as you're a part of something that is happening right then and is unique to that moment. Um, and so we, you know, the, the primary, uh, income and revenue stream for this band is touring. Um, and so in that way, we're fortunate because we're, we're, uh, the band enjoys touring and our touring businesses continue to increase. Um, for those that rely on recorded music, uh, more heavily as a percentage, it's been really tough, um, because, uh, you know, just the amount of money to be made from, uh, selling recorded music has decreased. Um, I believe from our standpoint, it's it's been a net positive in the fact that more people are easily exposed to your music. So someone that may not have, uh, you know, they've heard of your band once and they may not buy a, a CD or an album, uh, but they've heard about the band and they have a Spotify subscription or they're just using the ad version and they check it out and then they hear it and like it and hopefully – they do buy some music or come and, uh, you know, to a show and buy some merchandise. And so in my opinion, the, uh, the increase in kind of the exposure of, of, you know, the recorded music is everywhere is, is a net positive for a band that is, uh, touring focused. It's not, not the same for everyone. Right. And I can't say it enough. Go see Tedeschi Trucks Band. I mean, it's just each, uh, I think uh, this Friday night, I'm going to see you, see you all in uh, Dallas here. And I think this is my sixth or seventh time. And each show is always fascinating to uh, see the directions and uh, the new influences that, that play out on stage. It's just a real, real treat. And I, you know, I've as many shows as I've seen, whether it's been the, uh, you know, a uh, thousand plus of uh, Derek Trucks Band now, and the you know countless Tedeschi Trucks Band shows. Um, I genuinely enjoy every one because they uh, they make every show different. Uh, they're always pushing themselves to evolve, 
and uh it's just such a talented group of people on stage and um you know they're 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 pushing the boundaries they're pushing each other and Derek and Susan are amazing band leaders and each of them has you know ridiculous talent I mean you know I can I can hear a Derek solo any day of the week and it will you know make the hair on my arm stand up I agree. Same, same, same with Susan's vocals. Mm-hmm. Abs- absolutely. I love her vocals. And you're talking about the people behind. I mean, we can't plug them enough. I mean, Mike Madison, uh, great vocals. I believe he's helped write some of the songs. Uh, Kofi Burbridge, great keyboardist and flu- flautist. And uh, being a bass player myself, I got to mention Tim LaFave. Uh, he won an Emmy last year for his work with David Bowie on the Black Star album, which, I mean, this is a lot of talent on stage. Yeah, I mean, everyone is incredible. I mean, Tim is an absolute monster. We, uh, after O'Teal left the band, uh, O'Teal Burbridge, it was, uh, you know, really tough to find the right fit um, as a, you know, for our, a bass player. And we tried out a bunch of different amazing players, all of whom were incredible in their own right. Uh, but it's all about that fit and that chemistry. And the first show that Tim played, we we knew it immediately because uh, you know with <laughs> with uh with Tedeschi Trucks band you, you as a bass player you have to be able to really hold down the groove and serve the song when when it needs it which you know often means just really laying in a pocket and not overplaying and at the same time Tim is so musically sophisticated that when it's time to go into other realms where Derek and Susan will take it, uh, you know, he can go anywhere. I mean, he's, uh, you know, his, uh, his chops and ears are limitless. Um, and the same goes for the whole band. I mean, the, 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 I, I can't imagine two drummers right now that are doing what JJ and Tyler are doing, uh, you know, as a two drummer, it's two drummers can be terrible if done the wrong way and they they make it feel like one drummer but more powerful than one um kofi burbridge is an absolute genius our horn section is incredible mike madison is is as integral as anyone to the band um as a songwriter as a you know i mean he comes out front and and sings and uh does an amazing job and is also just a, a real kind of part of the uh the brain of ttb as far as just you know what are they doing direction wise and uh, derek and susan uh, rely on him a lot as far as bouncing ideas and you know our other two vocalists mark rivers and alicia shakur are fantastic um really the you know everyone can stand out and, and they give each one an opportunity to stand out during each show and uh and deliver and they they all can. Oh, it's a real treat. It is a treat to see him. And it, uh, f- following up on some comments earlier on the, uh, for lack of a better term, the quality of the people uh, stuck around a couple times after a gig and the different members come out. And I tell you, they're just, everybody's just the nicest person. And they're ecstatic to greet their fans and say hello and, and share a few minutes. It's just great. Well, I know I could talk to you all day, but I think we're going to have to let you go here. So let me close with a question. What does the future hold for uh, Tedeschi Trucks Band at this point? 
At this point, I think uh, continuing on the path that we have been, uh, the band is working uh, in the studio writing songs, and hopefully we'll start doing some tracking soon for a new studio album in 2018, and certainly continued touring and uh, evolution of their live show, and uh, hopefully really just continuing on the trajectory that they have been on and uh, you know, seeing where that leads them. Blake, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us, and we will see you down the road. Excellent. Thank you, Doug. You got it. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a treat talking with Blake Budney. If you haven't done so, please check out the Tedeschi Trucks Band. Next week, we visit with one of the executives of State Fair Records and get into the whole world of a rising star record publishing firm. My Chocolate Lab Muddy is sitting right here and I do believe it's time for Dogger and Muddy to wrap it up. So till next time, adios. When listening to music, Dogger and Muddy recommend turning the volume up to 11. <laughs> <laughs>